You have tuned in into 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful, this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please connect with us on Twitter at bcd3cr or email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. I'm Dean and I'm chatting with Sassy. Hi Sassy. Hi Dean, how are you? Great and coming up we have... International Sex Workers Day is the 2nd of June. Also listen to our podcast from last year where we had an entire episode dedicated to International Sex Workers Day. We'll provide a link in our Twitter. Why is that important for us? I think it's about honouring sex workers, raising awareness, also educating the public about what sex was is all about. Exactly. It's an important day to honour people, past and present, as well as to raise awareness and to say that, you know, sex workers are people just like anyone else and what we do is is work. Yeah, and also, you know, try to beat the stigma towards sex workers. You know, we've been having this stigma since, what, since day one, I guess? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, since day one. Raising awareness and educating the public to know more about sex working our sex working environment, sometimes people, they don't know the difference between the sex trafficking and sex work. Yes, so, and what yeah. we do is mm. between consenting adults, Correct. what we do is, you know, um, consensual, It's it doesn't hurt anyone and it is work. If we have a crime committed against us, yeah, the sex, well. work, yeah. sex workers are very hesitant to go to the police to report it. Because we, you know, sometimes we think that the police might arrest us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we need to build trust. We need to also have respect and no stigma about our work. I haven't said that. This is my personal experiences. Mm-hmm. I've never had any problem with the law. I mean, uh, we have, I've, I had my fair share to report about crimes with the sex industry. And they always has been very helpful to me. And even with my friends too. So, yeah. That's really, really good to know. Thanks for your thoughts, Sassy. Yeah, no problem. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Welcome to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR, 855 AM and digital. I'm your host for today, Dean Lim. I have a very special guest with me. Today, we'll be continuing our focus on Fiona Patton's sex work review. The Victorian State Government Review has asked Member of Parliament Fiona Patton to examine a wide range of issues affecting sex workers, including health and safety in the workplace. We'll be chatting with Kevin Jones. Kevin is a workplace safety consultant with many years' experience engaging with Workplace Victoria, and he has specialist knowledge about workplace safety regulation of brothels. Kevin authors a workplace safety blog called Safety at Work Blog, which covers safety issues in all industries Australia-wide. Hi, Kevin, and welcome to Behind Closed Doors. 
G'day, Dean. Lovely to talk to you. Kevin, can you tell us about your background as a workplace safety expert and consultant? Like many people, I fell into occupational health and safety without any particular plans. In the early 90s, I was in the early iteration of uh, WorkSafe, just as a, an administrative officer. It piqued my interest, so I decided to choose that as a, as a career to follow. Started up a consultancy. I've been in and out of full-time employment as a safety advisor, sometimes in construction industry, sometimes in a whole range of, of industries, including, you know, uh, advice on the uh, the sex industry. And uh, it's just kept going from there. And the Safety at Work blog is an outlet for uh, writing and, uh, and journalistic uh, articles on uh, the hot topics of uh, health and safety at the time. So your blog is called Safety at Work Blog, and it does cover all aspects of workplace safety issues across Australia, as well as the workplace safety issues in Victorian brothels. What was your experience like with workplace safety in Victorian brothels? It's not an industry that uh, the people necessarily choose to consult for, um, because there's still considerable stigma about the industry. And the OHS profession is pretty conservative. I'd uh, been approached in a, a previous job for first aid supplies from a dominatrix. And uh, I thought, well, I don't know anything about this industry. So I'll go and visit and uh, undertake a bit of an assessment and see what the first aid needs are. And uh, it made me realize that uh, this industry was starved of occupational health and safety advice. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll pay more attention to the industry and, and hopefully uh, help improve health and safety just as an independent voice from outside of the industry. And uh, it's gone on from there. You actually came across that and, and you've created work for yourself and a business for yourself. The sex industry is a workplace. It's a work activity. It's a it's an occupation. In that way, it's the same as anything else. But for some reason, and and you can you've probably got a good idea why, a lot of people just don't uh, support the industry to the same extent that they would to other industries, and mm. that's unfair. And it's very hard to to justify that you know, that uh, discrimination against the industry. And I'll give you a quick example. When I talked to the, the dominatrix, it was a first aid kit, the information, just a standard first aid kit, and there was information about burns. But there was no information about, you know, what do you do with burning wax or wax burns or burns in areas that are difficult to put a Band-Aid on or, or those sorts of things. And so there needed to be a discussion about the the, the issue of burns or nicks and cuts specifically to do with the work practices that were undertaken and there were different work practices than you'd find in most other workplaces so it needed that bit of discussion and it needed a bit of context so that uh, the people who were working in the industry could satisfy their uh, their safety obligations i guess the the primary objective is workplace safety and how it has to be tailor-made to different industries it is, but there's a significant point with the health and safety laws, and this is the same around Australia. There is slight variation in laws, but uh, we're going to take it generally as the same concepts, the same principles around Australia, is that every workplace, every worker, every employer, uh, every business owner has an obligation to provide a safe and healthy workplace to their workers, but also to those people who might come into their workplace or might be affected 
by the work that goes on. So it does include customers, clients, maintenance people who can uh, can get involved with work. There is a health and safety obligation that we all have towards those people. That really does connect with the main law regulating workplace health and safety, which is the Occupational Health and Safety Act of 2004 in Victoria. How that you know there's an overarching health and safety premise, I guess, of having safety in your workplace. Now, with the Occupational Health and Safety Act, does this law apply to all legal businesses in Victoria, including the sex industry businesses? Yes, yes, it does. There's no there's no separation between businesses uh, by type or by size. It applies equally to all workplaces. What does this law require brothel owners to do in relation to safety issues? Uh, Well, no more than it requires any other business operator to do. You have to provide a safe and healthy work environment, uh, one that's without risks, uh, physical risks and without psychological risks. So uh, that second one is a little bit harder sometimes to address. You have to have a safe and healthy work environment. That sounds fairly broad, but it's written to be broad because it needs to be inclusive of all workplaces. Kevin, most businesses hire employees with such businesses required to abide by workplace health and safety laws. In Victoria's 89 licensed brothels, the Australian Tax Office classifies sex workers as private contractors, not employees. So given that sex workers aren't classified as employees in their workplace, does this mean that brothel owners don't have workplace health and safety obligations to sex workers in brothels? This has come up over the last 20 years, to my knowledge, and it's uh, furphy told to various brothel owner associations and groups that the a ruling from the Australian Taxation Office is only in relation to taxation. So if you have a, a definition of, uh, of a private contractor and not an employee, that's correct for taxation purposes, but it is very wrong for occupational health and safety. So in the past, the laws have been based on the relationship between an employer and an employee. Those laws have been changed over the last 10 years. And even though Victoria hasn't changed quite so much, the concept is uh, is in all of the OHS laws that there is a duty for safe and healthy work wherever work is done whether that's in a, an office, uh, a cafe, uh, a brothel. The duties apply from the business owner, the business operator, to the workers in that workplace and also the clients, customers, visitors and maintenance people who are in that workplace as well. It's something that's been waved about for several years in order to avoid the occupational health and safety duties that a business owner cannot avoid under OHS law. If you're in that premises, you're therefore covered by occupational health and safety laws. You are working there and OHS relates to uh, safe work. Breathe in and out. You're listening to 3CR. What kinds of things do brothels have to do to abide by workplace safety laws? 
not much different from other workplaces. And I think this is indicative. There's some work been done and some access to WorkSafe Victoria data about uh, inspections that have occurred in brothels over the last eight to 10 years from entry reports by inspectors and what hazards that they've identified. It's phenomenally boring because the hazards that are being identified by those inspectors are things like torn carpet, damp, or, uh, you know, sort of bad fire escapes that don't work or just don't open. The hazards are almost entirely the same as you'd find in any other uh, workplace, any other business. It's not all that different from what they're finding. People do think that there's going to be things like occupational violence or maybe even sexually transmitted infections, and that's just not the case that the inspectors are finding. Part of that is that sex workers are so knowledgeable about the work that they do and the hazards involved with the work that they're already dealing with those hazards and they're addressing those hazards as they occur. The resilience and the creativity, I suppose, of, of sex workers in terms of health and safety is phenomenal, particularly because they've had to be self-reliant because they haven't been able to draw on the same resources that other businesses have been able to do because of the stigma of the industry they work in. It was really interesting as well how you you were mentioning about, say, carpet tripping hazards. And what I'm going to be referring to now is the website sexworklawreformvictoria.org.au. And this organisation has a page on workplace health and safety. There's actually a table called Hazards in Licensed Brothels Identified by WorkSafe Inspectors between the years of 2007 and 2018, which revealed the types of hazards that were reported to WorkSafe Victoria. And the thing that really surprised me, because I thought it would be like syringes, that kind of thing, the highest uh, or most reported hazards were actually fire safety and equipment failing or maintenance hazards, and then carpet tripping, which I thought was interesting. I thought carpet, how can carpet be a hazard? Well, it is. And those those top three things quite often uh, simply deal with the maintenance of the building. Mm. It has very little relationship to the work activity that's gone on. The workers themselves take their safety usually very, very seriously. There's a clear delineation where workers are usually responsible for what uh, for the rooms in which they operate, not necessarily for the entirety of the brothel. So the one of the, the hazards that um, the inspectors found was unsafe electrical wiring. Mm. Well, that has nothing to do with uh, with the sex work but what it does do is it uh, it's indicative of the hazards that can be in any building um, if the owner of the building or the the tenant of the building doesn't maintain the building in a safe and healthy environment which is what their obligations are and in victoria's sex work industry there is a licensing system and this system has created a two-tier system where there is a small legal and licensed sector and then a much larger unlicensed sector. Currently in Victoria, we have 89 licensed brothels with the Victorian police estimating that there are in excess of 500 unlicensed brothels. Now, these unlicensed brothels often present as massage parlours. Do you think that unlicensed brothels have to abide by workplace health and safety laws given that they are technically illegal businesses? As far as I know, the legal status of a business 
is unrelated to occupational health and safety. So if you're running an illegal business or an unlicensed business, um, you have the same health and safety duties to your workers as would any other workplace. So because the hazards are the same, regardless of the license status of wherever that work is is happening. And I know that uh, WorkSafe does attend illegal or unlicensed brothels if they are notified of a significant hazard that needs to be addressed. That's why when we focus on safety and health, regardless of, uh, of where it is or what the circumstances are in which the work occurs, the duties and the obligations are exactly the same. Are there workplace health and safety requirements that are specific to the sex industry, such as providing staff with condoms? There's a yes and no answer to that. The requirement for condoms has uh, come from uh, usually the sex work legislation rather than the occupational health and safety legislation. Now, there's been some blending of those two legislations, particularly in Victoria over the last few years. It's worth thinking about what the condom is uh, supposed to do in terms of health and safety. It is a requirement under the sex work legislation, but it is also probably the most intimate of personal protective equipment that any worker is, should wear to uh, to prevent uh, the transmission of a hazard or an infection from a client to or a customer to a worker. So although it's not spelt out, you won't find in OHS law you know, condoms as personal protective equipment, but they are certainly part of that uh, that category of safety equipment, just as a dam would be, or even cleaning of uh, of appliances and and other uh, aids. So, there's nothing specifically to do with the industry in terms of those hazards. The hazards are the same. The protections are the same. The information is the same. It just needs to be uh, needs to be applied. Do unlicensed brothels have the same sex industry-specific health and safety obligations as licensed brothels? I mean, for example, mm -hmm. does an unlicensed brothel have to supply condoms and install panic buttons? That's more related to the sex work legislation than it is to occupational health and safety. So I can't answer in terms of the status of a, a licensed or unlicensed brothel. But this is an indication of how quite often we can get distracted from occupational health and safety. If a employer or a business owner has an obligation to provide healthy and safe work environments, whether it's a licensed or an unlicensed brothel is irrelevant. Now, in reality, unlicensed brothels uh, may be unlicensed or, or conducted in an unlicensed way for lots of reasons. And one of those reasons could be that they're not interested or they're less interested in the health and safety of their workers or even of their clients. That may be the case. The fact remains that they should be providing safe and healthy workplaces. Panic buttons, condoms, dams, even the issue of hygiene of towels, all of those sorts of things. If we go beyond brothels to escort uh, services, you know, working away from a brothel into hotels and other locations, you know, the same health and safety duties apply there in very different circumstances, but the duties are still exactly the same. Kevin, what do you know about WorkSafe inspectors who enter workplaces and inspect them for workplace hazards? Who are these inspectors and how often do they inspect brothels? 
Well, you mentioned the stats. They had some recent uh, figures from WorkSafe that showed that there was an average of about four, maybe five uh, in WorkSafe inspector visits to the uh, to the industry each year on average. They could attend to any workplace because there's so many different types of workplaces that, that their services are required. In the past, WorkSafe has uh, provided information to uh, inspectors generally about the the sex industry with some protocols about uh, respect and what to look for, what's been the experience in the past. Tune into the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. Looking at the chart again on the Sex Work Law Reform Victoria website, the there is a chart that talks about the visits by WorkSafe Victoria to licensed brothels. And in 2018, there were eight visits. And in 2017, there was one visit. So low numbers, but they are visiting. Look, I think the other thing with the issue of inspections is that I've been told that about half of uh, the visits that are made by inspectors are in response to uh, phone calls, notifications from the members of the public who ring the advisory line and say, look, there's something that uh, I think is happening in this workplace that needs to be addressed. And uh, and then the WorkSafe inspectors go out and knock on the door and visit the workplace and do their jobs. So it's, it's one of those things that in the past, because um, the sex industry has been seen even by those in the industry to operate through the sex work legislation rather than health and safety is that WorkSafe um, services may not have been used to the extent that they can be. I'd certainly uh, uh, suggest that uh, any worker, no matter what industry you're in, if you have a work uh, issue or a major hazard at your workplace that you can't address already through talking to the owners or the business operator, well then WorkSafe uh, is uh, is a valid phone call to make for assistance on a hazard that you can't fix up in any other way. In terms of these inspections, what special training do the inspectors have and are they sensitive when they engage with the sex industry workers inside brothels? My experience with those in the past is, yes, they are. It's likely that you could have any inspector turn up because any workplace has that same thing. But there has been education in the past, and I'm sure the inspectors now are also told about uh, any, is there any uniqueness about workplaces, just as it would be if they were going to a, a you know, a factory in the suburbs where there's uh, people with uh, new migrants and people with poor English. Those sorts of things are addressed in how WorkSafe inspectors are, uh, are trained. So highly professional uh, inspectors. And they've got the adaptability to do this. Rarely are inspectors sent out uh, individually. They're usually in a pair. And as a result, that allows uh, sort of mentorship and also on-the-job training. I think people can be reassured. A WorkSafe inspector turning up and knocking on the door is looking at occupational health and safety. And do they need to give notice before they enter a premises? They don't need to, but they can not an obligatory an obligation on them to, to do that depends a little bit on the severity and the seriousness of the um, of the issue that's being raised they can and they can't it depends on uh, the incident or the the hazard that they're being addressed to and do the work safe inspectors need a warrant no work safe inspectors can enter any workplace if they suspect that a hazard or a, a poor work practice is occurring and what happens if the business owner refuses entry well, they're, um, uh, they're in trouble. You cannot ban an inspector from coming on site.
Inspectors don't come out to workplaces, to brothels, unless they've got a very good reason to do so. They're just as the same as any other workplace. If the workplaces are safe, healthy, they're consulting with their workers, they've got systems in place, well, then there's very rare is there a need to call in an inspector. Most workplaces will manage health and safety very well, and so the inspectors are not needed. Once an inspector turns up to a work site, they may say there's nothing to worry about. They may say everything, you know, something needs to be fixed. They will give a, an entry report and they will leave that uh, as a paper record of what they found and what suggestions they made. And they may suggest that this needs to be fixed. Can you please fix it within a certain period of time? And then they'll return uh, in a few weeks' time or a month's time to make sure that that activity is gone on. They are there to inspect, but that inspection is aimed at helping the business owner or the employer or the workers to resolve a health and safety matter. They're there for a specific purpose. And in when they operate that way, and they do, it's uh, it should be reassuring more than anything else. Breathe in and out. You're listening to 3CR. Thank you, Kevin Jones from safetyatworkblog.com. Tune in next week for part two when we chat more about workplace health and safety in the sex industry. Now Kitty and I are going to discuss our experiences in Victorian brothels. Hi, Kitty. What are your thoughts? Thanks for having me, Dean. I was really enthused listening to your interview with Kevin Jones. And uh, (laughs) it's really interesting because several things popped up for me. And for one, not all brothels operate the same way. But also, quite alarmingly, I have worked for certain brothels who lock their back doors thus having no fire escapes. And they did this. I know it's very hard to believe, but that was what was happening. And they did this because they didn't want workers leaving without completing their shifts. That's crazy. That's so crazy because you think, hang on, if the workers can't leave, then no one can leave. And if there is a fire or an emergency, what's going to happen? Well, you would have to wait for for a manager to come downstairs so that they can put their passcode in, unlock the back door, and then open it for people to escape. <laughs> is this, is this... That's presuming that, you know, the fire isn't at the front door. One thing that really surprised me in Kevin's chat was also that one of the top three uh, issues, workplace issues, that the inspectors encountered was carpet and tripping hazards. Did you encounter that problem? Uh, Not as often. I mean, most places I have worked at in my past have always had good carpeting. What I do personally identify as a hazard, though, are stairs, because many brothels do have a bottom floor and X amount of top floors, and many of us female workers, we're constantly walking around in eight-inch heels or, or, you know, more. And were the stairs carpeted or wooden stairs? Some stairs are carpeted and some stairs are wooden. Personally, I think carpeted stairs is much safer than wooden stairs because oftentimes the floors could be wet and, you know, wet floors on wooden steps are a huge hazard as they are slippery. Did you have fellow workers get hurt? have seen workers tumble down the stairs. It's quite scary because when a fall happens, you have to take all the necessary steps to respond to a fall. Not everybody has the same level of first aid training. So back in my days of working in a brothel, we were very lucky because one of the female workers there 
uh, was a qualified nurse. In my time working with her there, she had saved two lives. She provided CPR, provided CPR on both occasions. Oh my gosh. I have to say, my in my time working, this is a long time ago, in Victorian brothels, we didn't have that problem because where I worked was single level as a male identifying worker. I and my peers didn't have to wear high heels. I mean, we didn't. We had, you know, really simple footwear. We didn't really have those problems. In some ways, it's interesting to see the difference in male and female workers. Now, Dean, we have quite a couple of other things to discuss before we wrap up today's show. Once again, there is confusion in Victoria regarding private sex workers. So the Premier, Daniel Andrews, has made an announcement that starting from the 1st of June, there will be an easing of restrictions. He has mentioned the massage industry, but this does not and still does not cover brothels, escort agencies, private sex workers. Stay tuned. We will report on this as it develops. Also, it has been brought to our attention that there is a new sex worker group on Behind Closed Doors. We like to hear from the diverse voices from the sex worker community. So we are reaching out to anyone who has information or is actually from this group called Sex Worker Collective and a new website called sexworkercollective.com. They seem to be a, a different type of group in that they state, don't do media, are not a lobby group. They're not here to tell you how to live your life, that they don't affiliate themselves with any organizations, yet they're here for sex workers. And it says their main goal is to be nice to sex workers. That wraps it up for another episode of Behind Closed Doors. Next week, we're going to have part two of Kevin Jones talking about more workplace health and safety. Thanks for listening. And Kitty, thanks for joining me. Tune in again next week to Australia's only sex worker show, Behind Closed Doors, every Thursday, 6pm. This is Bat for Lashes and their song, Laura.
to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR.